Wow. <laughs> yeah, guitar. Uh, welcome to Duck Tapes, a tech podcast for duckheads. I'm your host, John Hoppenthal, and today I'm welcoming Gant Laborde into the duck pond to talk hello. about... Hello. Uh, today, we're going to start off by talking about um, really the only tech topic that I can discuss with any breadth of knowledge, really, which is React Native. <laughs> so first, Gant, thanks for coming on. Oh, absolutely. This is a, it's always a pleasure. And and from what I understand, you work with React Native quite a bit. Yeah, we uh, just keep it in a jar right here on my desk. So yeah. that's pretty much I'm I'm technical now. So whenever you, whenever you need it, it is there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> and you work for a tech agency. Correct. Yeah, yeah. We so React Native for us is at the core of what we do. Uh, we're listed on Facebook page. We do the React Native newsletter, which if you mm. go to Facebook's page and you sign up for React Native uh, newsletter, that's us. It's actually my buddy Frank, who is the editor in chief, and he works really hard on the newsletter every week. Um, we do the React Native conference in Portland every year. The U.S. React Native Conference, oh, wow. and um, I've spoken at the Amazon React Native Conference. That's an internal conference for them. Um, you have to either be invited or, or work at Amazon, but so they have one. And I've spoken at the React Native Conference in Poland two years, and I didn't go this past year because I had a beautiful baby girl named Mila. Oh, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. You might hear her during this podcast at any <laughs> given moment. Awesome. <laughs> we'll hear from her and we'll hear from my dog, so. That was perfect, they, they yeah. can talk. Uh, and then, so instead we sent our CTO, Jamin Holmgren, he went over there and he killed it. And then he went to Amsterdam and did a talk um, oh, wow. also, I've given talks in the uh, React Native room at the uh, React Summit in Amsterdam. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, so I, I, say, I do a lot. That, of yeah, is it, you're, you're pretty heavily involved in the community. What is it about Poland and React Native? Because hmm. I think that's where um, Christoph, I, I, I can't, I, I can't think of his last name right now, but the guy that came up with React Native Gesture Handler and React Native Reanimated. Which are you are talking two... about, uh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. K-Z-Z-Z-F uh, is him on Twitter, which is easier to say <laughs> than his name. But, um, and, and so I started noticing online that there are meetups and quite a few conferences yeah. over there, so I, there must be something in the water, I don't know. Well, I can tell you, um, you know, it, it, the call stack group, is just Mike Grabowski sort mm -hmm. of started getting involved. And I remember meeting with Mike early on and he's uh, he's one of the owners of CallStack. And he has like jumped in and did open source um, immediately. And they are an excellent set of engineers over in Poland. I actually okay. really enjoy, uh, I've been to their office. They're really cool. But I mean, I'd say that they're a significant driving force uh, -huh. uh they're sort of like the our our friends across the pond right <laughs> uh you know sometimes maybe we might even bid on the same project but i don't you know in any case like I, we love it when they're doing well and they love it when we're doing well we actually have like a um we we supply a table for them when they come over for our conference and they mm -hmm. throw the conference in poland 
So, uh, and they supply a table for us. So it's, it's just a really cool setup. And I definitely recommend getting a table at either of those conferences if you're interested in React Native and getting more React Native devs because, I mean, that's where I think the big announcements happen every year. Um, for instance, I remember tons of really cool announcements when I was over there um, in 2018. Okay. And uh, including just some of, some of the best talks I've ever seen. And then also this year at, in, in Portland... Portland, Poland, they're close enough, right? <laughs> right, right, right. First um, two letters. Yeah. Uh, Facebook announced Hermes at our conference ah. over here in the States. So that if you've watched the Hermes video, that we you've have. seen us. Yeah. So that's that's been uh, a lot of fun. If y'all y'all should definitely jump on a newsletter because we have like we always have like early bird tickets and discounts like early on. And that's honestly the best time to buy that kind of stuff. And so does call stack. So Grab where the would we early. sign up for that newsletter? So you would go to, um, you can go to, here's a secret. Ooh. You can go to chainreactconf.com and that'll okay. redirect you. It's actually what I type every time, <laughs> <laughs> but the actual URL is infinite.red slash chainreactconf. Um, and then there'll be a, like a newsletter you can sign up for there. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the button's like sign me up. Mm -hmm. And then once you're once you're on that, you should be good. And then I think CallStack, it might be their official CallStack newsletter is the where they put the announcements for that. Mm -hmm. um, I'll have to check back with you and let you know on that one. So I don't think they have a separate one for the conference and for their business. I think it's all one. Okay. Um, but definitely check check the CallStack site and see about that one. Yeah, we'll link to them in the show notes. I'm curious, yeah. how many years have you been doing the Portland conference? Oh, uh, it's three years now. Awesome. And so, have you noticed it grow quite a bit? Yeah. So I can tell you React Native has been, it, it's really, really exciting because like, I think the first year, a lot of people were interested in it uh, almost like novelty sake. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. it was like, hey, I can do this. Let's let's go see. You know, I want to see if this is true. Right. Then um, you have like Swift starts pushing a couple of new buttons like uh, Android starts trying to like come out with Kotlin. Like, like you start to have this serious market. Oh, and don't forget, um, you know, all those people who love Dart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where you at now, Dart? Yeah. <laughs> So what what happens is, I think that uh, as you're coming over, like we've seen a, a growth in the industry, and one of the coolest stories that we had is one person like came to the conference, and they were like, "Hey, I want to learn about React Native." The next year, we saw them again, and they were like, "I have a job doing React Native because I came to this conference." So that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's really rewarding kind of stuff. Is community always is, always is. Yeah, and especially with React Native. I mean, in the last three years, that's like the trajectory has been insane because it oh, did yeah. go from something that that felt like like is this is this really gonna work? Like everyone's kind of <laughs> looking at each other like like this is fun, but is this feasible for for production apps? And I think now we can safely say that it is. I mean, it, it's still getting to struggling to, to match uh, native, I guess, performance mm -hmm. in some areas. But like with those in libraries that I mentioned area, earlier, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, with with the reanimated and the gesture handler library, that mm-hmm. I feel like those took care of so many of the problems that were that were huge blockers. Um, so it's yeah. just been it's been awesome to see it grow so much. And there are still some people that are, I don't know, that are skeptical. And I I, oh, I try to I try There's... to be the you know the shining light and say, guys, guys, let's stay positive. <laughs> it's gonna work. Um, yeah, yeah. But there well, are still some holdouts. I, I'll say this, like, like it's a little bit of a dig in deeper into it. I mean, you had the Airbnb, like, sort of like, right? Okay, we're we, we're not happy. And then you have, um, you have Flutter come out, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh yeah, it. Google's so good at sort of making a product facing towards developers, mm-hmm. but google's so bad at making you have confidence (laughs) in in what that product is and then it starts like it does a couple of weird things they're like okay you know google's going to be releasing this and you're like what about all of that and they're Mm -hmm. like oh yeah it'll be there for at least a week (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. i have trouble with it so um Every time I dig deeper into Flutter and everything, um, I end up usually kind of coming back out of it saying, eek. Uh, and then I take a look at the the Airbnb stuff, and I wound up talking to uh, Leland Richardson, who worked at Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I think that for that company and for the needs that they had and having a Brownfield app, it made sense for them. Um, I don't know why they did, like, a giant blog post on it i feel like that was it was it was informed but but the side effect of it is i'll say this facebook has had to grow mm-hmm. they've had to significantly answer those questions and i think you see a lot of that in hermes they've had to um adapt and and start to actually like market towards uh developers more i've seen more facebook engineers at conferences in the past year two years than ever before and so i think they're starting to really understand that there's like a there's a you know when you do a large open source project like that and it's driven internally (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think that like they had to evolve significantly on on their community standards and their community efforts and i think we see a lot of that as well because we saw what was like react gate just happened Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Facebook like had no way of like they were like what is happening here? This is <laughs> <I> all <laughs> we're in well, the paper for weird stuff. Like Yeah, they, watching they... that unfold on Twitter was an interesting weekend. Yeah, exactly. And I think like um and a lot of people look to Facebook to to sort of like say something, to do something. Like we we do have these high branded icons inside of the community of React. Mhm. But at the same time, like, um, what's the code of conduct for React? You know, <laughs> yeah. what's the what's the energy around this? And I know that there, I know specifically that people are having those conversations now, due to these challenges, and it's a good thing for the community uh, eventually. Yeah, it was um, it was interesting because it, it it definitely feels like that Facebook is paying more attention to mm-hmm. just React Native as a whole. Uh, yeah. compared to a year ago. And it's I, I, it's interesting to point to the Airbnb blog as maybe um, a catalyst for that because that, that blog did feel like um, 
like so, like somebody was dumping somebody else like it, it but and like <laughs> regrettably you know like like it's not you it's me type of thing like i hate to do this but i have to and it was like and when it came out it just seemed like such a downer because it felt like if this huge company was giving up on this thing that we're all using where does that leave us but right. to your point it, facebook is definitely it feels like they're upping their game um yeah. you know cutting out a lot of those modules and putting them in the uh to the community and just really making it mm -hmm. very lean has been it feels like the movement towards a much more lean stable framework is awesome that and the communication like uh christoph yeah. nakazawa and which I'm so glad I don't keep saying his wrong last name because his I think his username is still like C Posier or something. Like yeah. That. <laughs> but uh, you know I have to say like he's he's really put his ear to the ground on quite a few things. He's asking you know what what is it in the community that you need and what can we provide? And then, honestly, when you say hey good job, he's like it's not me, mm -hmm. it's everybody, um, which is super cool because. That, that we need a lot more of that uh, in tech, right? Um, and, and what do you what do you think are some of the challenges that React Native has already done a good job of overcoming? Oh yeah, from from the early days. I mean, it seems like navigation has come quite a long <laughs> way. Um, I, I remember struggling yes. in the beginning, but but now it seems like that is. Lockdown to a certain extent, uh, yeah. but what, what are some of the things that you've noticed that, that seemed like they were going to be just blockers in the beginning that would never be resolved that are pretty much taken care of now? Well, yeah, let's let's definitely give credit to the amount of for, for React Native. You know, so React is such a great way of looking at things, and it's sort of um, it's sort of like imitatable. Um, it's one of those things like React as a as sort of uh, a functional angle of writing code so that you're you're working with Legos rather than like plastic injection, right? You're just plugging mm -hmm. things together on top of each other has been imitated by Vue and it's come on over to, to other frameworks as well. Um, but what they've done with right at the beginning is supplying a sort of higher level API to both iOS and Android, and then also now like, like significantly on the Windows platform. I don't know if you know this, but Windows is way behind React Native. They love it. I, I, <laughs> I've seen degree. some rumblings about it, but to be honest, I haven't looked into it too much because it it was a little bit confusing. Like, yeah. seeing, like Windows and React Native in the same headline. Um, <laughs> no. what, I mean, what that's, pushing, that's pushing platform independence right there. Right. I mean, that's real platform independence, which actually is a goal of Windows. Like Universal Windows Platform wants you to go ahead and write the same app and release it on a desktop and release it on Xbox, right? So mm -hmm. the, like their their goal is very significant. Um, and so they're, they're way behind this, uh, rewriting all kinds of things like Office and React Native. It's getting, wow. it's getting crazy. <laughs> and wow. Skype, as we speak now, we're yeah. speaking on React Native. Um, so really? I, I think that <laughs> it's, it, that's a cool thing that they did. They kind of like took out and abstracted away. And I think that this is what scared native engineers, but it shouldn't have because it doesn't like abstract it away to where they can't touch it. Mm -hmm. It abstracts it away so that you don't have to touch it. Right. And 
if you're an, if you're a native engineer, you're the superstar. You're the rock star. Like if you can go in there and start like fixing the engine of the car, um, you're you're the high per, you know paid engineer of the of the team that kind of glues everything together. And I see a lot of native developers start to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to push back on this. But what mm-hmm. they don't understand is like, you know, some of the rock stars just aren't people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just aren't, they're, 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 they're robots. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're, they're not uh, people centric because like React has done a great job of like gluing teams together. Mm-hmm. And so I think the first huge victory is that when we wrote our first mobile app in iOS and Android, it shared a ridiculous amount of code. And I'm talking four years ago when, you know, we were shipping it. It was like, wow, this is like 80% code reuse. Wow. Um, now it's like 99% code reuse. It's ridiculous. Like it's yeah. very hard for us not to have code reuse. But we were, that was the first time somebody did that. And I'll tell you this. People aren't imitating that. Uh, Vue Native is basically like native script wrapped in Vue. Um, no other language is really kind of coming along and giving us this high platform sustainability mm-hmm. at at native levels without doing something like Electron does, where we're just going to bundle everything, right? <laughs> make a giant RAM eating runtime. <laughs> yeah. like, like it's a really cool. So I think that that was like that coming out the gates with it has been something that's under celebrated uh, for everybody mm-hmm. who's really enjoyed. I recently had to, I haven't worked on a website in mm-hmm. an embarrassingly long time. I've been doing <laughs> react native for pretty much two years straight, um, but had to just go and do some basic stuff on a website recently and was so shocked at how mm-hmm. different, it was compared to React Native, and how I felt like there was, uh, and web developers don't don't get mad at me, but it just felt like <laughs> there was a lot of bloat compared mm-hmm. to React Native apps, where I had to bounce around to so many different areas of my uh, of my app to make a, a, a flexbox act a certain way, for example. Whereas in mm-hmm. React Native, I and it, it, I guess it truly is all how you structure your app. But um, I just yeah. forgotten what it's like to have just CSS all over, and it was. Oh. It, it, I don't know. It, it just felt like there was a lot of extra things when I looked at my full project compared to a React Native app. So I was wondering if you have worked with yeah. React Native Web at all, and what uh, you what what you thought about going back to web development after working in React Native. I tell you, um, I I build web apps like mm-hmm. it's react native i haven't okay. used react native web because um every time i ch- sort of like check in on that it's not you know we had react native web it was a react native dom uh, mm-hmm. it would like uh react native elements was a thing as well right um i i really would like to have a solution where i could uh put all the wood behind the arrow and feel confident with it mm-hmm. so what i do is I use create react app and then I just make it as react native as possible. I use all my styles. I know some people are cringing. I do as much of the styles as I can in JavaScript. You know, I mm-hmm. do uh, sort of like the, the imports are 
I bring in code. And then whenever the web sort of like starts creeping back in mm-hmm. and being a little annoying, I wrap that up in a React component. Um, and then I sort of abstract it away so that way it kind of comes back to this uh, the Zen style, because that is something that you magically get when you're doing React Native. You don't have someone putting bang important. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And then you're just like, what the hell is happening? Right. There's no, there's no, uh, m- you know, the web's a messy place. Mm-hmm. And React Native was limiting in the sense that things are done a certain way except for state management right right yeah <laughs> like, in view they're like here this is what you'll use and then in react native we're just we're gonna fight over this for the next three years how's yeah. that that's yeah. what we're gonna do yeah yeah we'll <laughs> so, eventually have a solution uh, yeah that that's one of the spots where we need to be more restrictive i guess because mm-hmm. Um, I almost feel like I would have taken an okay solution rather than the 15 state solutions that I've currently learned. <laughs> right, right, right. And so, every time I learn a new one, I'm like, this is it. This is the, this is how I'm going to do it for every app from now on. <laughs> and then I'll, you know, run into a problem the next day and say, okay, all right, I'll, I'll try something else. But yeah, I, that's funny that you say that because I do feel like I'm constantly toying around with new ways to manage state. Um, yeah without well then my entire app yeah context and hooks come in and it's like okay well how much do i throw away (laughs) i know i know because when it first came out i was like i'm just going to rewrite the whole app the whole app every 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 class is becoming a component and then you know ultimately i start then i start saying like now why isn't this re-rendering or why is this re-rendering this but um yeah but that is funny it's like every every couple months i feel like it's like oh this is the new standard to do it Mm -hmm. switch your whole app up um, <laughs> what do you, we've sort of been talking about it, but what is, what, what's one of the bigger challenges with React Native that you've run into? And maybe it could be one that you haven't solved or one that you have a memorable solution for. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I guess like one of the bigger problems here is I'm interested in how we're going to, I mean, Cocoa Pods are mm. hell. I, right. I, mean, I don't know. Telling me. And upgrades. Like, well, it's, upgrades getting better. I've, I, I've I, seen I, people say that it's gotten better. But then again, like, I feel like it's state management. Like, it's, you're like, oh, it's solved. We've got a great solution. And then you run into something. But I don't think it's solved. But that, that div purge, <laughs> um, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. div purge package is a, a godsend compared yeah. to, like, where we were at a year ago. So right. it's definitely not solved. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I think. I think that's forever getting better, but right. um, like Cocoa Pods themselves have been sort of almost fighting Apple, and and the goal is I think when Swift is a hundred percent adopted, Cocoa Pods will be useless. Let's, right? It's let, it's can getting we quickly wild. go over what in case people don't know. Oh yeah, what Cocoa Pods is. Um, yeah. Like how, how would you describe it? Um, we have every modern programming language has a package management system that is necessary now. With NPM, we can, if you need to left pad something, there's a package for it. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. There's so many, there's so many things. Um, and then as you go into like C sharp, you're going to use NuGet. And then if you're going to add in you know, uh, shareable code into your, um, your iOS projects, 
it's been Cocoa Pods. And mm-hmm. Cocoa Pods have sort of been this way to um, bring in, you know, like you say, pod install, the name of the code that you need. And for some reason, um, it's it was working perfectly with React Native. Then it didn't work. Then it's required that Cocoa Pods are turned on by default. Mm. It, like it, we went through quite a lot of history with it. And then I'm not sure uh, if everybody keeps getting caught up in these things. But if you're running a lot of projects through a lot of different versions, um, I still feel like the CocoaPod story is difficult. And I'm confused by whether or not we're going to because like Swift is going to be bringing in like its own thing, which I think is going to replace CocoaPods. Mm -hmm. So when everything's Swift, I believe that and don't quote me on any of this because <laughs> it's a really complicated, like, you know, like at a high level, we always have to know what's going on in Android world and iOS world and yes. sometimes Windows world too, right? So, um, but I think like at some point, like CocoaPods will end up going away, but there was like a community driven project was CocoaPods. And um, it's like a love-hate relationship between the community and Apple and then a love-hate relationship between that relationship <laughs> yeah yeah it's a love triangle that's all. <laughs> all i know is the the amount of wacky hacks that i had to oh, paste man. from stack overflow into my into my pod <laughs> file like i'll go back to old projects and i'm like i don't know what this is but i feel like i can delete it now and it should work okay, okay. but no. it, yeah definitely pods have been <laughs> a, a consistent issue through all yeah. of my react native projects yeah, I'll say that that's that's been something that has given me a good bit of grief. Um, and honestly, that that's just like that's on the iOS side of things. I right. don't feel like I don't feel like I've had too much uh, grief. And honestly, we've worked through some really cool stuff. Um, it's 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 being on the edge. It's mm-hmm. creating new stuff with a new language. That's probably that hardest part that you can never put a finger on is that mm. if like you've upgraded to the latest version of React Native before everybody else, <laughs> or if you did, you start a project on the day it released, uh, yeah. you're the person reporting the patch. Right. <laughs> right. You're the one that that's finding all the new errors that are yeah. crashing your app that you thought was perfect. <laughs> we actually had this one time. We were teaching a workshop in uh, Austin, and we had a bunch of people in there, and half of them were Windows users and half of them were uh, Mac users. And we, we, we had them start a project. Oh, and, boy. Uh, and it was broken in Windows. <laughs> so <laughs> we had this, like, oh, that's okay, no problem. So then we rolled it back. We started going through, like, the lessons and then everybody on Windows was getting a different result from the people. Oh, they were still God. on the same version. We enforced the same version. Um, but we were writing tests with the group on like day three. And they're like, mm-hmm. our tests are failing. And I was walking around. I was like, Windows user, Windows, 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 Windows. Hmm, I was like, can y'all output the results of this? I was like, why is this different? <laughs> so I do have to say, like, when you're like working with people, training people, starting anything new, uh-huh. And you're working on the, the the bleeding edge, like that. That's honestly 
if you're willing to suck that up and just kind of take it, which I think is like any JavaScript developer has to be willing to, right. to sort of like learn a lot of new stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the other side of it, I'll say. Like, but we've done really well with that. We do a lot of information exchange. We help our teammates out. Uh, we help a lot of the companies out. Mm-hmm. And so I think that like that that's a problem that you can solve. It just takes time and effort. So um, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of React Native is just yeah being open to learning these things that you didn't really expect to have to learn like i remember being a little <laughs> bit surprised at how much uh ios and android stuff i had to get familiar with even and not even referring to the code or or like like swift or kotlin or java but even just learning the differences in deployment and how google play is just completely different than how iOS does deployment on their side and all these things that, cause I think it's easy to just hear, Oh, react native cross-platform development, you know, an app in both stores. And you just think like, I'm going to write it and mm-hmm. react. And tomorrow I'm going to have an app in both stores. Um, but mm-hmm. really learning all these little minute differences is I will say fun in quotes because once you get it down, <laughs> it, it's pretty good. But man, I, I remember, I don't know why, why, why is play and, and test flight mm-hmm. and app store. I mean, they're just so different. They and are. So, it's it's so strange to me. We use uh, Fastlane. So I have two yes. blog articles that we that I wrote, um, and I basically go back and reread my blog article every time I need to do a publish. Because so. because fast is it is it how to deploy with Fastlane? Is that what the blog yeah, articles? Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Actually, they they do really well on Medium, but it's like like effortless uh, iOS deployment in React Native and like effortless Android deployment in React Native with uh, Fastlane. And so I basically, I open up my blog mm-hmm. and then I go through the steps in my own blog. Right. I can't, and then I was, <laughs> Fastlane, I've just clicked the buttons and I'm done. And that's like my whole life now. We will definitely link to that because we have, we have that in one of our React Native projects and it is... <laughs> just so wonderful but like you said setting up that fast file i mean that it's like looking at chinese i'm like what is this like i don't understand this at all and so if you have a reference of how to do it step by step that would be awesome because oh yeah i got it for you the convenience is just insane like being able to just uh we also have it set up with circle ci so it mm-hmm. will um once we merge to master or give it a specific tag it'll run the tests in circle and then if it passes it will deploy to each store to the to the mm-hmm. test lanes and i mean it is just awesome yeah i uh if you ever find a mistake in this blog post tell me i need to update it it's my it's my documentation got <laughs> so, it yeah well <laughs> we will walk update. through it for our next app and we will we'll let you know um nice. but yeah shout out to fastlane because man it's it's pretty pretty cool you wonder why you would do a project without it. But I think maybe the main blocker is configuring that fast file can take some time if you're new to it. Dude, I, I when I first formed my first uh, mobile app company, uh, we tried to release our first app and it took a week. <laughs> oh, to do the fast lane thing, right? Well, no, we didn't know that. It was uh, 2013, 2012, and oh. it was just, it was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it was the, yeah. back then. And um, 
like half the I had a it was me and another dev were doing it and like half the creds were on his machine and half the creds were on mine. Oh. Like, what is that? I mean, did, I don't know if anybody remembers what it was like to release the App Store in 2012, but um, I'm pretty sure it's easier to like go learn Aramaic or something else. It was not, <laughs> it was not easy. <laughs> so, so yeah, fastly. I, I have we have uh, we have puppies now at at Infinite Red who are like, oh well, do I have to use Fastlane? I'm like. <laughs> really want to not to <laughs> yeah you just say listen even now i am unclear on certificates and provisioning profiles okay even today right. so you just want to avoid <laughs> that whole thing because i swear every time i use those i'm like now what now what depends on what now and what am i saying here when i'm creating this new profile um <laughs> whereas that's a place i think where where google shines a little bit where it's just like just upload your apk and you yeah. that's it um but exactly. yeah, fast lane is is just the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it um, it's getting like a interesting world out there. And I tell everybody that I see the world of web is coming closer to native, and the world of native is coming closer to web. And where those things are going to merge, right? Mm-hmm. There's pain points in one, and there's pain points in the other. Like we're talking about how to get an app to the app store. Where a PWA is like, ha ha. Yeah. And then they try to do push notifications and we're like, ha ha. You know? right. So <laughs> at some point they're going to have to figure out how to get between these two. And I think that that's going to be um, a real singularity for, for what it is that we're doing here. I have no idea when it'll happen or how it'll happen. Um, hopefully it's not uh, building Ionic apps in React Native web for react native yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah. hopefully it's not something too crazy uh which by the way i think you can do that now um <laughs> and and for those listening a pwa is a progressive ah. web app and why don't you give a if you could like a yeah. vision of the future of what like the dream of what that would be oh man well you know i by the way kudos to you on being a good host uh when i throw out an acronym you like catch it for the audience that's something that <laughs> that's a good that's a good podcast host uh, you know I, yeah i try because we we, we cater to, to juniors and even myself yeah. I, I like after you said it i was like okay okay you know this is in your oh. brain somewhere pull this out <laughs> so i'm glad i got it yeah uh so the pwa world is um, trying to create these websites that you can, yeah, I think it came significantly from like Google's efforts to try to like make this even faster and push mm-hmm. people towards web because that's where Google's market is. And Apple on the other side is hardware. Uh, so they're trying to keep you the other way, right? So mm-hmm. uh, Google's like, hey, just make this web page. You drag it to your uh, desktop and you have some offline code ready to go so you could pull this code up without it actually having to connect to you know if i create a calculator app that's just a javascript thing right why do you mm-hmm. need to go hit the, my server to grab the javascript app every i mean the the calculator every time i could make this sure. and have it exist like you know you would save a html file to your desktop mm-hmm. um that's sort of like the I guess like this worst explanation of a PWA. No, no, no. That that, that makes complete <laughs> yeah. sense. Is that why would you right. need an internet connection for a calculator? Yeah. And it 
maybe it can be semi-smart. Maybe it can like batch operations. And then when you do finally get internet, it just sends that. But why resend the entire app every time if it hasn't updated? I just like sort of like uh, good examples of PWAs. Let's be honest, like conference apps. That's actually a pretty nice one mm. for a PWA. Um, unless, of course, you're doing the React Native conference. You have no choice. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you have to do a React Native conference app for us. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's a cute one. Like, you know, people want to have it for a few days and they don't want to like have an app listed amongst all their apps all the time. Mm-hmm. So I do see like this mentality is like this is that ease of web. Right. Right. And you just edit it and you see it. You edit it and you see it. Mm-hmm. React Native is emulating that from the native side where we've got hot reloading. We've got this edit and see it. But we still have this sort of insane barrier of. Yeah, uh, trying to just being stuck behind. We still have to deliver apps through the App Store. Yeah, and Google Play is huge, which were beautiful creations back in whatever, like 2006, when yeah. you know we didn't want people just downloading stuff and running it on their phone. Right. But with WebAssembly and sandboxing and virtual environments, like it's getting safer and better for people to. Uh, offer permissions when they need it and sort of like identify like there's the ability that maybe somebody should be able to just grab an app quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so lower the onboarding. And I think React Native is going to keep pushing in the right direction. I think that's the right way. I think going from mobile forward and then having the platforms lower that benchmark for everybody. Mm-hmm. Stop making it that we have to read a blog post that we wrote in order to deliver our app to the app store. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Tying it all together. Exactly. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what I, I, I do like about Expo is that yeah. they make it so easy to, I mean, truly just build an app and someone can get it by scanning the barcode that you give them. I mean, that is, I don't know, that feels like the future to me. Um, yes, yeah. But then, yeah, then if you do actually want to get it to the, the store, you're back in the same hole. Right. Um, well, Gant, we like to, or I like to end these episodes by mm-hmm. asking the guest about music. Um, so I'd like to know if you listen to any music while you are developing and who your favorite band is. Oh, all right. That's a and complex thought. It can just be right now. Some people get, you know, take it doesn't have to be of all time and I won't hold you to it. But at <laughs> j- today, who is it? Well, I do listen to music while coding. I actually, I, is, are you familiar with Plug DJ, the website? I am not, no. So plug.dj is a website uh, based off of a website I used to go to where you have these little avatars in a room. And then everybody can take turns DJing. Oh, so cool. it's cool because you can have one out of every. So if there's five people, you get one out of every five songs. Mm-hmm. And so you can have a whole playlist of cool stuff. And then you get a variety of songs. And let's say somebody likes music that you don't really like. Uh, well, if they're staying in the room, they only get one out of every five songs anyway. So yeah. you kind of it's kind of OK. So. That's one of my favorite things to do uh, since we work 100% remote. Yeah. That's we all jump radio. into radio. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. We do a little bit of community radio. And um, like, you know, we can set the mood, be like, hey, let's get some work music. No, no vocals. 
yeah people like it up and we're good and i think that this is that's probably one of my favorite ways to listen to music while i work is to have a bunch of other people sort of uh set up and and sort of explore because sometimes something will click with me and then i get a mm. free new song which is right. something i feel like lost since radio has died it's hard to get like the cool new song and and the the story behind it and other people who like it you know so when yeah. they're the ones supplying it you're like oh this is cool where's this from mm-hmm. like, oh it's from a video game i found i was like wow yeah <laughs> yeah the the discovery playlist on spotify does a, a pretty good job of getting me new music but i nice. do miss um yeah having music recommended to me by somebody i feel like that <laughs> that rarely happens now yeah the and the story behind like like where they got it from and why they mm. like it or you know oh i heard this when i was watching you know um this tv show and it was for this final scene and you're like what tell me about yeah. the tv show i think yeah. that that's like so organic um and then for me like as i'm listening to music it's it is a wide variety of stuff mm-hmm. uh, i love big data so okay yeah i'll definitely i'll listen to some good stuff like that but yeah i'll I'll, I'll say like coding music definitely how i listen to it's more important if mm-hmm. i were to share my spotify list with you uh you would not see the same artist on there like more than twice <laughs> all over the place huh yeah yeah absolutely you know what i miss are those i don't know if you remember like going into actual music stores like tower records and they would have those just like the listening bars where it was just yeah. like 10 CDs and it was like some were the popular artists and some were ones that were picked out by the staff. And though I used to just hang out in front of those for hours, <laughs> all you young they kids that the, are listening. Yeah, dude, they have the leather in the headphones. It's been like torn out. <laughs> I know. So many people have just beaten the hell out of those headphones. Dude. Yeah. You'd have to like put a <laughs> tissue over it and then put it on your ear. Um, those were great. Um, well, Gant, appreciate you coming on. I feel like we could always talk forever. Um, yeah. Let's get some, let's get some plugs in. I know that you are coming out with a an AI course, correct? Yes, indeed. So I did a talk. Uh, if you're super big into the React Native part, definitely watch my talk uh, last year, 2018 in Poland, where I I actually use uh, AI on my phone. I explain how to identify food. Uh, do handwritten digits, and then also uh, find Nick Cage in the audience. <laughs> yep, yep. And <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And so if that that sort of React Native talk was exciting for you, then I'd say like definitely check out. I have a 100% free AI course, which is at academy.infinite.red. We're going to have lots of courses, including some React Native courses probably coming out soon. Uh, maybe awesome. we'll finally solve state management. <laughs> so. Right, yeah. We'll be looking for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's done. We did it for you. Yeah. It's done. <laughs> but also, where can they find you on Twitter? Easy enough. Gant Laborde. First and last name. Also, GantLaborde.com. You can see what conferences I'm speaking at. And if you're ever at a conference that I'm speaking at, I always have stickers. I have free swag. More than happy to go ahead and give you cool stuff and, and chat about all this Awesome. And Laborde has an E at the end, everybody. I was think <laughs> think Laborde, like I was saying it initially. <laughs> yeah. All right, Gant, thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much.
Powered by Vincent. Quack, quack.